previously on Just Cow in the City. I mean, this ain't like Angie Dickinson, am I right, fellas? It's not the worst idea ever. Don't you even know who my father is? Where's my slippers? <laughs> you can't have dinner at 8.30 anymore. I don't know, maybe you're a little fucked up. You know, you've been uh, away a long time, but uh, I don't shine shoes anymore, you know? Hey, my mishwooka. I mean, I don't know what that was. Con said it yourself. Uh-oh. Jessica Dan's getting annoyed. Gal in the city. That's Dave Jeskow in New York City, going out late at night doing fun stuff and other things. So, so you don't have to. <laughs> so you can stay in your in your cozy places and just relax and, and listen to how the uh, some idiot lives his life that uh, just is really just trying to. I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but whatever the case may be, this comes out on May 16th, and I'm recording before, so my show at the Comedy Cellar on May 15th has not happened yet, but when you hear this, it will have. So let's just assume everything went off like clockwork, (laughs) and then next week, I mean, I guess I should have just recorded Tuesday morning or Monday night, but... That would be tough and putting it all together and all that kind of stuff. So just wait till next week and you'll hear everything. I uh, Anybody that was there, if you do listen to the podcast, you happen to be there. It was nice of you to come. And otherwise, we'll talk about that next week. But hopefully everything went off without a hitch. One would think it would. Why wouldn't it? It's the Comedy Cellar. They have nine shows a day. They're open 365 a year. Why would one tiny Jew put a, a monkey wrench into the works of that place. So we would have to assume that everything went successfully. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, I am recording on Friday. It's hot outside. I just walked all the way to Times Square again because I saw my doctor. You know my doctor, Dr. Vinny Bomba. How are you? It's it's hot. It's like 80. It was 80 yesterday. It's so weird, you know. It's, just, it's supposed to be May and it's supposed to be in the 70s. It's not supposed to be 80 yet. It's too soon. I had to go out without a jacket. You know, I hate that. I really hate that. At least yesterday, I bought my backpack so I could put stuff in it, boy. And I don't want to carry that backpack around when it's hot, even though I have to when I'm working. It's just difficult to put everything in your in your pants. <laughs> it's tough to fill your pants up. It's so much easier to carry 
a purse, <laughs> I think. I'm going to have to carry a man purse. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to, everybody. So hold on to your hats. Meanwhile, it's just an absolutely gorgeous day in New York City. So if you did have to walk around and do stuff, it's not high humidity or anything. So it's not awful. But I had to go to the doctor again because my eyes are driving me crazy. So get this, right? I got a new pair of glasses. The glasses don't work. Somebody messed up. These are like $300 glasses. I think my sister bought it for me, you know, at the place she works. And maybe she got a discount. I don't know. But they're very expensive glasses and they don't work. Somebody messed up the prescription. And I took it to say, oh, my God, my eyes are so fucked up that even my eye doctor can't get it right because that's how messed up they are. I just started to panic because I had the trouble with my eye. But apparently these are two separate things. I went to the doctor. He goes, no, these are two separate things. They messed up your prescription and your eyes messed up. <laughs> so it's something. It's the eyelid. I don't know what it is. Meanwhile, I went to the Dwayne Reed. They're like, oh, we don't, we're out of it. We don't have it until Monday. I'm like, well, thanks a lot. That's not going to help me. I mean, every time I tear, and I tear a lot from either crying or laughing, uh, it gets red and gross and just, you know, starts acting up. And I don't know what to do about it. So I keep putting that compress on. I'm not putting those things in anymore because I think they're steroids and they were making my eye twitch and I look like a freak. You know how I hate doing that. It's all about vanity. So I don't know. I think I might have rosacea on my eyelids only, which my doctor says is a possibility because I used to suffer from it, but I don't have it anymore. But maybe I do. And then I noticed that like on my eyebrows, they're like red and dry, like the rosacea is coming back in that particular section. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But next Thursday, I'm going to go to the that other eye doctor and say, like, listen, you quack, you gave me the wrong prescription, you dummy. And that's my sister's friend, too, and I'm really going to let her have it. I'm going to let her have it, but good. And this time, get your, what'd you say? Bony ass. Bony ass out of my face. And this time, you're going to, I'm going to see to it that you get the boot, but good. <laughs> Warren, I beg your pardon, but if... If you are insinuating... Miss Parker, if I were you, I'd go to your office and take a long, last look around. Because in about five minutes, I'm going to see to it that you get the boot, but good. Orrin, this is a simple misunderstanding, and I... You cannot... I can, and I will. Now get your... What did you call it? Bony ass. Right. Bony ass out of my sight. Oh, we have fun, don't we? Don't we? Well, I will tell you this. Sarah's dad died. Sarah Silverman's dad died yesterday. Uh, again, recording this on Friday, May something, 12, I think. So uh, Sarah's dad died, but it was expected. I had spoken to her the, two days ago, and she's like, he's not going to make it through the weekend. Remember, his wife just died. Or maybe I didn't tell you. Yeah, I did tell you because I told you about the. I was watching the funeral while I was. Um, I was trying to watch the funeral, but I, I had work to do. Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel horrible for her, but again, it was expected. The, you know, the family's here from Israel. They're all hanging out with each other. That's a good deal, you know. I mean, at least. See, let me tell you something about death, and especially when a you know a, a parent dies. This is why it would be good to be married, and I think I mentioned this before. The one thing. I don't mind living alone. I don't really get that sad about it about not being married or being with a significant other or having kids or whatever. I mean, I do get lonely sometimes, but it's difficult to get lonely when you live in New York City, which is probably one of the reasons I don't move. 
And at any given time, I can be around, you know, 100 million people and still feel lonely, but it's, you know, there's something to it. And certainly I have a lot of friends and I get that and I know, but it is lonely living alone sometimes. I think you all get that if you do. I don't know. Actually, the people that I know who listen to this podcast, I, I, I don't think any of you live alone. I, I feel like all of you have um, somebody around or you're married or whatever. So good for you, I guess. I'm sure some of you are jealous of me. <laughs> I'm like, Come home and just watch TV. Isn't that delightful? No kids. But the thing about somebody dying, including my cat, with the only thing I've ever cared about in my entire life, and I can say that completely, I don't think I'll ever be as upset. You know, when my mom dies, I'm, I'm not sure if my sister and I'll ever be upset about that, but let's say one of my nieces or something dies, that might upset me. I'm sure it will. I'm sure I'll die first. So I won't have to go through that, but my cat dying was the worst thing that ever happened in my life, which is, sounds so pathetic, but everybody knows how much I cared about my cat. And that's the thing, you know, when you live alone, that's when it hurts. When my dad died, you know, my sister was able to go home. I mean, her husband doesn't give a shit about my dad or his mom or his dad. He had horrible parents, so he's not very comforting, but at least she's in the house with other people when she went home. I had to go home to an empty house. And it's difficult. And it was that way again when my cat died. And that's when you really would love to have. That's when it comes in handy to have a wife or significant other. So at least, you know, Sarah and all of her sisters have somebody they can be with or, or cry about and, and stuff. So they're, they're taken care of, you know. For me, I remember my dad died. And of course, we couldn't have been happier. But the first week, you're just like, I can't believe my dad is dead. No matter who it was, you're like, well, that's a part of your life, you know, whatever. Whether you get along or not, it's still shocking. And I just remember, and I think I've said this on podcasts before, going to work just sucked because then it's just because it's just one of those. What do you call it? Like a like like the like the way you have Christmas every year, and you're like. By next, I use the Jewish holidays, of course. By next Rosh Hashanah, things are going to be different for me. You know, I'm going to have a girlfriend. I'm going to have a different job. I'm going to make it. And the New Year's, you know, because anything that comes by annually, you judge your life against. And you're like, well, last year I was doing the same thing, or last year it was worse, or last year was better. Well, at least last year, you know, I guess it's been a good year. So you're always judging. So that's how you judge somebody dies, and you're like, boy, uh, I really haven't done anything since my father. I'm at a crappy fucking job and my life really stinks. And I wish I had gotten to a certain level or something. I don't know. You know, who knows what it is. But again, death is one of those things. Now, Sarah shouldn't have to really worry about anything because, of course, it said she loved her dad very much. But this guy, I mean, he got to see the play she wrote about him where maybe he might have come off kind of like a jerk, but he came off like a superhero in the fact that he slept with all these women. He was a huge stud in this play. If you ever get to see this play, her dad sleeps with all the parents of the kids she knows. So he's a living legend of, you know, tale or whatever. I mean, and the guy got to see the play. I mean, he's, you know, everybody's, some of them, oh, wow, this is your dad? Wow, the real dad, I mean... I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, you get to live long enough to see something like that. Well, you know, you've done pretty good for yourself. So she, uh, beyond the initial being upset, but of course, knowing it was coming, 
and I liked him a lot too. He was very kind to me and he treated me like one of the family. I'm talking about Donald Silverman and I've known him for as long as I've known Sarah. You know, I do feel like part of that family. So when one of theirs dies, I, I feel horrible. I feel horrible that I can't be with Sarah because it's in California, but she knows how I feel about her. And I'm going to tell you something else later where this will kick in. Here's something weird, though. My friend Zoe just sent me this uh, text this morning. It's so strange. Her mother died recently. Now, her mother, I remember I talked to you about her father, Bud Friedman, who invented the improv in L.A. And the uh, subsequently the show Evening at the Improv. He kind of invented television stand-up comedy. I, I don't even think that's an exaggeration. And you can see a lot of the evening at the improvs on li- like, you know, with the, the old ones from the 80s and, you know, all of our friends who were a lot younger. I wasn't on that show. I was on the Caroline show, which was, of course, a ripoff of evening at the improv. I'm still happy to be on the show. I think if I lived out in L.A., I probably would have been on evening at the improv. I performed there many times. I got to meet him a couple of times because I was very, very close with his daughter, who I met at the New York improv back in 1987. Right. And she was a doll. Well, her mother ran this place. And I believe I've told you how much I hated her mother. Her mother was a horrible human being. And I'm pretty sure I told you the story where (laughs) I'm positive I told you the story the other day where we're doing the gong show. And I was talking about, remember that old bat that used to run the improv? My God, what an absolute confidence. (laughs) She's like, you mean my mom? No, I, I right yeah no i know i told you that story because because zoe's the greatest and she's so kind and sweet and i just could not put the two of them together but her mom was very mean to me and uh maybe you know a lot of other people liked her i guess if she started them out but mostly she was just mean to me and the worst part is she ruined that club and she got it in the divorce she got the new york one he got the la one. that new york one should have still been running if she had ran it the right way, but she didn't know how to run a comedy club. You know, she just happened to be married to a guy that did. And then she got that in the divorce. He didn't want that to have nothing to do with it. She goes, hey, you want to have that New York Empire? You want to run it into the ground? That's your problem. And this is the one they always show on Seinfeld all the time, right on 44th and 9th. They show the awning. Because I think, it was, yeah, it was still around that time. Anyway, Zoe sent me a text about her mother's funeral that they're, or, or like a, what do you call it, a, you know, a thing. She's already been dead for a couple of days, uh, a couple of months, and they're having a, a memorial for her at right, right above the old improv at the Producers Club, and then, of course, a thing at the Westway Diner where we all used to eat afterwards. And I got it today, and I'm like, "That's so cute." But she, but she invited me, and 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 and, uh, and I'm like, "I guess I'm gonna go." It's so funny. I mean, I was. I just I love Zoe so much that I want to go and I want to see all these other guys, you know, from the 80s that are probably going. These guys they started out with, which it's you know, it's going to be fun. They're going to tell stories. I'm going to. But, you know, this is I have to go. But this is the day I've been waiting for. I mean, I hated her so much. I I pretty much I wish she would be dead. So I feel kind of horrible going, but I want to go for Zoe. It's a very strange thing. And I was very honored to be invited because obviously, I you know, who cares now? This was so long ago. 
Uh, I really have forgotten and couldn't care less when I say all these things. It is just the way I was feeling so many years ago because, of, you know, in the moment it was just so horrible. You know, now I'm like, I, I, I want to just be there. And I'm just, I was really happy to be invited. And it's just, you know, all of our getting older is weird. Everybody's dying and it's really messed up. And, uh, but I've had people dying. I know for years, like, it's like, it's not, this seems like nothing normal, but it does seem like a lot of friends are dying. But again, I, I since I was, I don't know, 18, it feels like I've always been having friends die of something. I think everybody does it. We just don't think about it that much, I guess. My mother even told me once, geez, you got a lot of friends that are dead. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not even Italian. Because Italian always have people dying all the time for some reason. They always got funerals going on all the time. They got funerals and, and what, you know, not of just old people. I, I don't know. It seems like they always got things going on all the time. Uh, but, you know, I am a strange Jew, so I guess it makes sense. Anyway. All that death. Great way to open the podcast. How are you, everybody? <laughs> it's going to be a great night. Yeah, it's just, it's happening. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, I think we're going to open multiple podcasts like this, unfortunately, as we continue to move on with this never-ending podcast. So I'll just start you with Friday, in which after I recorded, I did nothing. I ordered some sushi. I'm telling you this. I wouldn't even bother starting with Friday. If what happened on Saturday didn't have the relevance for this. So a lot of, I'd been not getting sushi lately because I'm like, eh. I, again, we were talking about this. I'm like, eh, having it delivered is not the same. But I hadn't had it in a while, and I really do like it so much. And it feels, I don't want to say dietary, but for some reason it feels lighter than getting something heavy like a pizza or Italian food or a burger or something like that. You know, it just feels lighter even though I order way too much because I'm crazy. And I'm like a dog. If it's there, I'm going to eat it. So I got it from this place down the, right next door to me called Amaze Sushi. Amaze. I've been ordering there for years. Sometimes I, I bring people in there because even though the place was disgusting, I think I told you this all the time, the sushi was very good. Uh, so I would order from that place, and it was the cheapest. I've priced all the places around me, and this was the cheapest and the highest quality you could get for that kind of price. They also had like cheap, like crab rangoons, which I like sometimes. And, you know, just they, they're, they're, what I've been getting lately is that like the sushi deluxe, which is like 10 pieces of sushi and a tuna roll, and you get a salad with it. So I like that. And around this neighborhood, like that was for some reason the cheapest place. I'm like, I'll just keep ordering from there. So I ordered from there. And it came, and it's funny, when I was waiting for it, usually it comes. In like seconds, where I'm like, wait a minute, did you know I was going to order this today? I mean, what's going on? But this took a little longer, even though they said, you know, it came right on time when they said, but I was like, uh, I guess it's Friday night. I don't, you know, maybe something's going on. So on Saturday, my friend Teethy came over. You remember, I love saying her name, Teethy. And uh, she's really pretty and, and cool, but very young. Very young. We like each other. And uh, we enjoy each other's company. And again, I, I'm not doing anything else. You know, what, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything. So I'm like, hey, she wants to come by and hang out. I'm good with that. And she does, I don't know, she's, she's okay. I, I don't know what to tell you. So Saturday after work, we decided she's going to come over and we'll go out. But she's going to come over for a little bit. I, I just haven't had anybody over in a long time. So we hung out here a little bit. 
She looked really nice. She got dressed up. I appreciated that. She got dressed up for dinner. I like that. Who does that anymore? Maybe she, you know, she's probably like me. She's like dresses up like, well, this is what they do in the movies. And how can I not respect that? So we go out and we're not sure where to go. Uh, I thought about sushi, but then we were, uh, uh, we were just going downstairs. We still were, right, because I made a reservation across the street, some Middle Eastern place I wanted to try, but uh, she was late, which, of course, I should have known that anyway. So I'm like, I just canceled it. So I wasn't sure what we are going to do. So I'm like, you know what? We could just go downstairs. We'll just get sushi. It'll be easy. And the place is completely closed. And the walls were blackened. Now, I noticed this the other day, but I thought they were just closed for lunch. And I said, wait a minute. This place is closed because she kept walking. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This is the place I was going to take it. She's like, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. Wait, it's closed. And then she's like, oh, that's too bad. I'm like, no, no, this is really bad. I just ordered from here yesterday. Where the fuck did I get that sushi from? Then I started to panic. <laughs> then all of a sudden you get a, a bad feeling in your stomach. I'm like, wait a minute. Because now I know that this place was closed two days ago at least. Well, actually, I read the sign. What did they say? It closed maybe April 30th, right? So when I noticed it was closed, I thought it was, I didn't see the sign, but I just thought they were closed for the day. But now I realize it must have been closed for a while. So where the hell did that sushi come from? And it didn't say we moved. <laughs> it reminded me of the time my mother and I were in Kentucky and we were staying at the hotel in Louisville on January 3rd when no one was in the hotel, January 2nd. And we heard these kids screaming on our floor overnight and we went downstairs and said, what's up with those kids screaming? And they're like, there's no kids in this building today. And we're like, oh, how do we both hear the same thing? <laughs> it's like spooky. Where the fuck did that sushi come from? So I guess they must have another location somewhere. But that's the one thing I try and, I mean, I don't, you know, nowadays with Grubhub and Seamless and DoorDash, you can order from anywhere in the city, which is why it's a problem riding a bike because now everybody's got, a, you know, pretty much motor scooters. So you can order from all the way down where I work, you know, by the Statue of Liberty. And they'll bring it all the way up here to the 50s because they're on motorcycles pretty much. So it's a lot easier to do. So you can really order from anywhere. It's kind of a dream come true for if you've been living here or ordering, you know, ordering out for so many years. But with sushi, I prefer to get it in the neighborhood for obvious reasons. There's a, a clear window. You don't want them coming from downtown on a hot day knowing they also have other stops. You want to order in the neighborhood. So I don't know where this other place was. But I guess I have to find a new place. I mean, it was still pretty good. But how far away is this place? <laughs> Where was it? And how did they still take my order when it was clearly on the website? It still said they were open. So that was spooky and funny at the same time. Because I'm like, again, what fuck's my truck? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's impossible. I ordered from there yesterday. So anyway, we just went to the place across the street and I was so happy to see everybody. My friend Enrique was there and, you know, the owner, I got to see the owner, the chef and uh, Pascal and his wife, Virginia. Virginia. It was so nice to see everybody. I never get to go in there. I told you because it's a little too pricey and I'm like, oh, screw it. We just looked at a whole bunch. I'm like, let me just go to the safe place. And we went there, and it was great. And now this girl, Tithi, she'd never had a steak before. She's Hindu. So she's just never had a steak. 
And she's like, no, I don't want to try it. And then she goes, well, I'll have the escargot. I'm like, you know, that's snail. She didn't know. But she tried it anyway, and she loved it. And I got pictures. Oh, I got pictures, folks. I got pictures of the meal. I got pictures of her and me. It was a wonderful time. Eh, it was a little pricey, but it was okay. I was expecting it, and it was all right. That's all right. That's okay. Because, again, I got a story for you later where it's going to be even better. And again, the expected price you can live with. It's the $118 for two burgers where I almost went today again just to see if that would happen. But I'm like, fuck them. I'm not going back there again. You know, I hate that. So then on Monday, I came home and I I came home. What I, I think, yeah, I, I walked, right, I walked, I walked. I need to, I'm the fattest I've ever been. I just weighed myself at my mom's yesterday. It's not good. And it's not getting better. Wait, I'll tell you when I had her later. I'll just tell you later because I'm just going in order. I'm having that stupid culotte again now. Why? Well, I'll tell you in a second. I'll tell you in a second. All right, let's just keep it going. We're going to go, uh, what is it, the, the linear today. Going linear. We got some real fun stuff to tell you. Uh, before I go to uh, Tuesday or Monday, I, I just want to tell you this also with Billy Joel, right? This 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 week is oh no this week I haven't put it together I'm putting it together now okay so this week I have my my niece Dory on the Billy Joel podcast because her and her two roommates from dental school all went to see Billy Joel and apparently last Friday night so yeah last friday night they saw billy joel and apparently he just went crazy must be listening to our podcast and played everything we've ever wanted to hear and so we had to have them on to be like you guys don't even realize the kind of show you were at that night so is it interesting i don't know but that's what we're doing as our v guest since uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time, we're skipping. It's supposed to be the Stranger album wrap up, but we're like, no, let's put in this as an emergency broadcast from people who were fresh from the concert. In posterity, it won't matter, but that's uh, what we did. And I um, went to go record that, and I had this whole bunch of stuff I was going to do Monday night, and then I fell asleep because that's what I do now. So on the Tuesday show, of course, we had Dan Natterman on, and he was a a, a, a lovely guest. Now. After that, I went downstairs to the comedy cellar. And by the way, Gabriel, I got your package. Oh, that's right. I sent you the picture. Gabriel from Canada sent me a package to the comedy cellar. What it was. And he's like, are you going to like this for your character? And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about, but it was awesome. I opened it up and I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. He got me and I got a picture. He got me a green visor. For when I go back to Staten Island next year, working the books for the bookmakers, you know, the visor I need to complete, as he says, you know, the, the, the character and the picture that I need when I'm working with the calculator and the computers and being the, the accountant for the mob. <laughs> Got to have that green visor. So thank you very much. It was hilarious and it looks really good and it fits perfectly. So thank you very much. That's a hilarious gift. So that was funny. So we go down, right? And I meet this girl. Her name is uh, Nurit. Nurit. I can't remember her last name, but she's in uh, an episode of Seinfeld, let alone, I guess, a couple other things as an actress. Uh, in the second season, in an episode called The Statue, I'm not familiar a lot with the first and second seasons. I didn't care for them. 
But she's in this episode, and she's gorgeous. Ma, I told you, just dip the bread in the batter and put it in the pan. Okay, bye. My mother. She forgot how to make French toast. You know how mothers are. My mother left us when I was six years old. All seven of us. We never heard from her again. I hope she's rotting in an alley somewhere. My mom's down in Florida. She's got a, one of those condos. Hot down there in the summer. You ever been down there? And then she also apparently used to date Richard Lewis for like 20 years. I just met her this night. She was picketing, so she had her big sign, you know, in the thing booth, and my friend Val, the manager, introduced me to her, like, you might want to talk to Dave. And she's like, wait, are you the one who's teaching the class on Clueless? And I said, well, next year I'm teaching a class on time travel. She goes, well, I'm writing a television show about time travel now. Maybe you could help me. And I'm like, well, maybe you could help me. So we had a very lovely day together, a very lovely night together, just talking and getting to know each other. She's also putting together a Borscht Belt Museum in the Catskills. She's working with Gnome on this, the owner of the cellar, and she's putting together a museum of comedians in the Borscht Belt, you know, in the Catskills. And I'm like, that's brilliant. That is the most obvious thing that actually needs to be done. I mean, that's perfect. How could, how is that not there now? So she's like, maybe you could interview like somebody like Robert Klein or, you know, like, uh, you know, kind of the way I did with the, uh, with Sarah, with the bedwetter and the kid, you know, I could, I love interviewing. And I told her you should also call Frank Santa Padre. He's a genius at this, but I love doing that kind of stuff. And I'll try and not make it about me, <laughs> but I can do the job when I'm there, just like I did with the bedwetter, which went very well. So I was talking to this woman and she's very cute and nice and, uh, you know, we're kind of hitting it off in the sense of just having a good time together. And Sherrod came over and he was just buying us drinks, which was nice. I wasn't going to drink, but then I did and it was fun. And she's drinking wine. And she wasn't drunk, but she is, her arms are flying all over the place telling me a story. And all I'm doing is spying that wine. I said, I know that wine is going to fucking spill. Now you guys know. <sighs> what am I going to do about this? What the fuck am I going to do about these women that just don't seem to get it? And so I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. She's going to spill that wine. She's going to spill that wine. The picket sign is going to fight because there's a writer's strike. That's remember if, if you hadn't known. And she's got the big picket sign. You know, I, I don't know where she was picketing all day, but whatever. I don't know why you'd want to carry that sign around all day, but whatever. I'm like, either that picket sign is going to fall on that wine or her arm's going to fly out that wine. And it's going to be, even though that, that glass is almost empty, uh, that's all I could concentrate on. So I keep moving the wine. Then later on, I say, please don't spill that wine. I know you're going to spill that wine. And she just doesn't even care. She's not paying attention. Just flailing her arms all over again, you know, talking and, and going crazy. I'm, I'm making the motions now. Of course, you can't see. And so close to the wine. And I'm like, she's going to fucking spill that wine. That's all I can concentrate on. And can you blame me? You know this happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, at least she's not like Olga, who's just completely drunk and oblivious. And like I said, that other lady even noticed that she's drunk. So I moved the wine. I'm moving the wine. And no matter where you move that wine glass, they're going to find it. They're going to find it. I don't know how they don't get it. These are women. They hate spills. But they're the worst. It's very rare that a man is <laughs> It's not that rare, I guess. It's just I see it with women all the time. I guess that's, I, I don't know. I guess they get really drunk and the men 
that I seem to hang out with. I guess I've I've stopped hanging out with guys that are trouble. But the women, if they're good looking, I still continue to go out with them. So that's that's on me. Oh, but I was going in, I was going crazy. <laughs> uh, that all being said, I I she she didn't end up. Wait, did she spill the wine? Did she spill the glass? She might have spilled the glass and the wine was empty, but I mean, I saw it coming a mile away. It was driving me crazy. So then I, I, I think I left and I came up with this unbelievable idea for my spring semester. Get this. I, the, the, so starting in January, 16-week class, three credits, right? And what we're going to do in the class is make a pilot. It'll take the full year. So the class, we, we write it. We come up with the idea. We write it. We cast it locations we film the whole thing and by the end of the semester we have a full let's just say 15 minute pilot but the pilot is just all about me and it's like whatever sitcom i want to it's it's a horrible pilot that would never say it's about me and i'm just selfishly using my students to film a pilot for free And then it's like, <laughs> because then we make it a reality show. We're like, I, Mr. Jeskat says he needs me to take my his car to the garage. Uh, I guess it has something to do with the show. <laughs> I don't remember his car being in the show. Well, I didn't, that's what he said. Why do you suppose Mr. Uh, Professor Jeskat needs me to pick up baby wipes? What does that have to do with the pilot? I don't think that has anything. I think that's just his eating habits that he's going <laughs> to... I mean, tell me that's not hilarious so then then i'm like well i should make a movie about a guy that uses his students to make a pilot for himself which is basically what the howard hessman character was in head of the class he was an actor but it's not the same but that's where i kind of was thinking this would be a hilarious either movie or reality show and then i was thinking that's not a bad class where we make a reality show about making a pilot so there's so much activity. Then I was just thinking, like, let's, if we just do it the legitimate way and the, and the kids are in it and everything, it's just funnier, obviously, my way that I'm Tom Sawyering it up where I'm using the kids to make my own show. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, now make sure you get, you can see that it's me driving. I wonder if anybody's ever done that before. I mean, it seems like somebody should. Like, why isn't there a class where the students will all get together and they will make a show by the end of the semester? It seems so obvious. I don't know whether anyone's done it or not before, but... It's something I've been toying with, obviously, because I'm trying to think of what's the best thing for a three-credit class and get everybody involved. And, you know, then they all have a finished product they can show to wherever they're going and could be cool, you know, especially if we, you know, get maybe a little cameo from somebody fun. I mean, it's just, a, I guess, a student film technically, but it's done as part of the class as a whole. I don't know whether anybody's ever done that before. They usually make students go off and film something on their own, but I think this is an interesting idea. So that's something, but I couldn't stop laughing at just me being so selfish to use the kids. <laughs> he also said he wanted me to pay for the car servicing. Do you do you know if we get paid back for that? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> now, kids, I'm gonna also need you to clean my apartment because, but that's part of the process. You see, uh, tell me that's not going to be classic. Now, you know, you're going to want to see that. I mean, technically, I can just pitch that to Netflix right now. Well, I got this idea. The kids don't know it's just about me. <laughs> I 
t-shirt, he wears dark glasses Things are going great And they're only getting better I'm doing alright Getting good grades The future's so bright I gotta wear shades I gotta This week the movie shades. that I watched in pieces was Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol Or what I like to call Mission Impossible 4 And I will tell you this I enjoyed it very much It was good I have not seen a bad Mission Well, actually, that first one wasn't very good, but I watched it multiple times, but the first one wasn't very good. But the rest of them have been really good, so I'm all in. They're making a two-parter in the next one, so I guess I'll catch up on that whenever the next one. I think the next one is Rogue Nation. I don't know whether you have to go in order. Well, I guess you have to do, because three, if I hadn't seen three, then I wouldn't have known what's going on in four and the ending and stuff, so I guess guess you have to see them in order at this point. Anyway, that Tom Cruise, I got to tell you, that guy's all right. He he really is. He knows how to make a movie. We can make fun of him all we want because he's crazy and he is crazy, but he looks great. Was he two or three years older than me? He's like running and jumping and doing all this stuff. And now, you know, it makes me, I'm like, yeah, I guess I could uh, do that if I tried. You're watching him run really fast. And I'm like, hey, what an asshole. <laughs> it's, he just makes good movies, man. I haven't seen one from him well maybe interview with the vampire didn't care for that much i guess but still most people like it and he's just good at picking movies and so many people aren't that's an old one so who cares i'm you know backtracking on a whole bunch of stuff just whatever i see on cable sometimes i'll record it i'm like this looks like a good one to watch in 15 minute intervals but i knew it was good because i kept wanting to come home and watch more and i'm like no no i'll save it for the morning be excited see it's good reason to wake up in the morning you know what i'm talking about yeah you know what i'm talking about so on wednesday it's just like i had no problem you know so i went out last wednesday and i went out tuesday because we're working at the you know cellar so i had a couple of drinks so i'm like you know i don't care if i don't go out wednesday even though wednesday is my friday so i walked on like i know i can walk home i took it and it was a you know it was a kind of a perfect day out i had to take my jacket off and that was the thing you know about tuesday too i think is that tuesday it was cold freezing in the morning so i had to have a jacket and i knew it was going to be i don't know 80 degrees at four o'clock and then of course when i go home at 12 30 it was freezing again you know and i'm pretty sure i i'm pretty sure i stopped at the uh at the halal place again yeah i, I did because i but i was freezing i was freezing and then i took the bike home again i think yeah i was, I was like should i take a cat because it was late again uh and I, I didn't set my Cinderella alarm. It just it got the day got away from me again. I think I got home at two thirty. I didn't even drink. I mean, maybe I had three drinks, but it's just I got home late, and then had to wake up three hours later. Just went to work and slept on my clothes and just went to work in the same clothes because I knew I wasn't going out after. I'm like, who cares? I just got to muddle through the day. That's kind of like to do that. So I was walking home. I was just walking home slow, taking my time, stopping at a couple places. Like so, I stopped. Uh, where Vincent works, like it was on the way home in the East Village. And I saw Vincent. I just sat down with him for a little bit. And then I saw this comic book store on the way on Third Avenue. I'm like, well, you know what? Let me take a look in there. Maybe I'll buy a comic book. I haven't, you know, I've been reading books, books. I just finished this book called The Housemaid Secret, which is the sequel to The Housemaid. But at least I'm reading and I read at work and I read at home and I am enjoying reading. So that's something what I realize now is that when I try and read the classic, I try to read Emma or try to read the time machine. I'm getting bored because that writing from the 1800s is very difficult. But a woman that writes kind of like everybody talks, 
was very easy to get through and it was very enjoyable. Like that Evelyn Hugo book too. But I do need to read a man's book at some point or whatever would be considered a man's book. And in my book, I mean, uh, maybe the devil wears Prada's one, huh? Am I right, folks? When it comes to Dave Jessica, who knows what being a man really is? So I was just enjoying as I'm walking home. There was no time constraint. I knew I had nothing to do when I get home. I went to the comic book store and I tried to record those fucking idiots. No matter where you go, no matter where you go, the guy in the counter has got to have this. I mean, it was unbelievable. It's as if they require it when you go into a comic book store, a couple of nerds talking about, no, you're wrong. The black suit in Spider-Man makes him evil. I couldn't even believe it. I tried to record some of it. I mean, and these guys are loud. They're loud. On the planet, some are, you know, wanting change, but unable to do anything about it. Patches to his finger, and now he just up and leaves. Right. You know, like, like, right, right. Like, like you it, it doesn't help anything. It doesn't. Right, right. You don't have any, any, Different. Can't. Right. Yeah, I mean, what is hope without action? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I was just taking a break. So it was nice to just walk around. I'm like, let me just get one comic. And I don't have to go crazy. Just one comic, something to read real easy. These guys were just talking so loud. It was like disturbing. And I, I tried to get it. I don't know whether I got it properly on tape. I don't know how I was, you know, so because, of course, as soon as I press record, they stop talking. And then they're talking. Like, and then as soon as I stop, they're like, oh. but what I was saying was, if you're saying that the Flash in Flashpoint, really, if Barry Allen is not going to meet John Stewart, who's the Green, no, they were talking, that's what they're, they're talking about the fucking Green Lantern and the ring. The, but the ring wouldn't slide off his finger because it fits perfectly to whoever wears it. I mean, I couldn't even believe this was happening. And there weren't cameras around. And it's just, it's just, don't they know they're nerds? <laughs> it's just, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's as if, Somebody said, if you're going to work here, you better be talking to the customers about your theories. I can't imagine that's how they hire people, but I swear to God, it's funny every time, but this one was just too loud and so in your face. And, you know, then when I went up there, I'm just like, you know, really quiet and I don't say anything. And like, oh, how can I help you, sir? Are you ready? And uh, and then the, 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 the guy who's yelling at the customer guy just pulls away a little bit and then... It's awkward because they're kind of staring because you've interrupted their conversation. Ugh. But it's it I can't deny it's hilarious. And then of course I I'm like, well, what I've been doing, I might as just get some pizza, I eat it, I watch TV and I go to bed. Like at six thirty. <laughs> but this time it took me, I guess it took me through oh, I waited a little bit. I had some tea with my uh the some of the attorneys like before I left. I, I took my time because I was in no rush. So I got home like, like seven. So it took basically three hours. Uh, once I guess I left around 4.45 or something like that. So whatever, maybe it took two hours, whatever. 
And I only stopped at the Chipotle because I really just wanted pizza because I didn't want Chipotle, but I wanted that fountain soda. They got a large, beautiful fountain soda where I can mix the Coke and the lemonade. And that's all I was thinking of as I was walking. I'm like, oh, God, I got to have that fountain soda. So, of course, I got the Chipotle, too. And I'm like, well, might as well just get that and eat it. So I got home and I ate it, had the soda. Oh, boy, is that thirst quenching. It's so fantastic. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about fountain soda. I can't tell you, folks. You know how I feel about it. There's something so thirst quenching about it. And then I, you know, I sat down to watch TV and I was out. It was over. The walk, the week, everything. I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed. I think it was 8.30. I went to bed. Of course, I woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning, which is still amazing, right? 9.30, 30, 10.30, 11.30, 12.30. I've still slept for five hours. And then I woke up for a couple hours and I was still asleep. So I think I went to bed back at 3 or 4. I really think you're going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna get sick or something? Who the fuck's my truck? I guess I slept until ten, but so my car. I got a call on Monday that the car was ready, and uh, um, I couldn't believe they called me and they're like, "It's ready." I'm like, "I'll pick it up on Thursday." So I go. I know I have to take New Jersey Transit to go there. And I overslept a little bit because I was up all night, even though I went to sleep at 8.30, which, of course, is always a bad deal because you're never going to sleep through the night. But I'm like, I've had it. And obviously, if I slept five hours, I obviously needed some sleep. So I think I woke up around 10.15 or something. And they, you know, I had to catch the New Jersey Transit train. So it's not like just getting my car and going. And, of course, wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? It's still happening today, too. It's just on the news You know, when you're going from Newark to New York, there's one bridge that handles the New Jersey transit trains and the Amtrak trains, which service the entire country. And when that bridge doesn't work, it's over. So nothing was coming in, nothing was going out, and they were telling us nothing. It just said delayed delayed and they didn't say cancel they're suspended there was no information so i'm like well now uh, wouldn't you fucking know it the one day just like when i went to go do marina's show last summer and they went on strike that day i mean that's just bad luck i think it works perfectly 360 days out of the year the five days i take that train it doesn't work so i'm trying to figure out what to do and i'm telling my mom i'm going to be really late i don't know what's going on should I cancel all my plans, go tomorrow, which would have been worse as it turns out because they didn't fix it yet. I'm just listening to it on the news. It's not fixed. Finally, for some reason, one of the tra- an hour later, one of the trains was ready to go and it wasn't crowded and I just got on it and everything worked out fine. I couldn't believe it. I took a 1201. I was supposed to take an 1118. And I finally got on a 1201, so it wasn't horrible. But I was looking like, where can I take a bus? And I, I don't know how the Port Authority works. I don't know how the bus works. I only know the train. And then I was going to take an Uber to the garage, which I did. And then I saw the guy. These guys are so great. Like I said, they quoted me $300. The bill was $290. Can you fucking believe these guys? They said it'll be about $300. And then it's not just, is it exactly $300, which is amazing, because it's three weeks of labor. But it was $290. It was less than what they quoted. When have you ever heard that? And a mechanic. Am I right? These guys are unbelievable. I just gave them a glowing review when they asked the customer survey. Meanwhile, this new kid is there. I asked him to take pictures of it, and he said he did. He hasn't given them to me yet. He goes, I missed the the part because Leo had put it back in already, Leon. But 
I did get a picture of everything out of the car, and I'm like, all right, just send it to me. So I, I, won't, I don't have it yet, but I'll get it. So again, remember that part wasn't available. So I don't even know what Leon did to do it, but it worked perfect. And he fixed it. And it still just cost 290 I, I I don't understand how you can keep a car in the shop for three weeks. The guy's working on it all the time. But they made it very clear. If you just leave him alone and let him take his time, and I never rushed him, he's happy. So apparently by just not rushing him and just letting him leave it there, and I said to them, I said, I, does it feel awkward to not have it looking at it in the garage every day? He goes, yeah, it's a little awkward because <laughs> it's been there for three weeks in this other section of the garage. Now they just have um, blank um, or, or uh, uh, DVDs for sale, a Blu-ray DVD is on sale for a dollar there. <laughs> it's like a, it's like they have a street fair there if my car is not there. <laughs> but I, this place is unbelievable. I know it's just a jiffy lube, but I, I don't know how I lucked out in finding these guys. But I'm going to, conservatively say if i had gotten this done in manhattan i i, I mean i want to say two thousand dollars for sure but i think with the with the time and all the stuff that went on i mean maybe it wouldn't have taken so long but i don't think there's no way i would have gotten out with less than two thousand dollars so that's something else that's that's in, that's incredible and I want all you guys that live in New Jersey to go to this fucking Jiffy Lube. And these guys, damn. I, it's amazing, right? So I go to Rhoda's finally, and it's like so annoying. There's there's something going on. So I got to park in the back, and I got to go through this other entrance. And when I left, that entrance was closed. And, I'm, and they're like, yeah, you can't get out that entrance after 430. And I'm like, my car's right there. Can't you just let me out? No, we can't. You can't just let me out. And then I go like, listen, I pay a lot of money for this place. No, I don't pay any money for that place. You know what I'm saying? But I did like, do you even know who my father is? Now I want somebody down here. And I was just getting so annoyed. And my, my car's right. They were going to make me go in the front, go all the way around. Like, well, that's what we have to do at night. And I'm like, well, that's even fucked up that you guys have to do that at night. I mean, this is ridiculous that they don't have a separate door that you can just leave. I'm not trying to get in. I just want to get out. And finally, this lady's like, oh, how's your day going? Well, not well. And she goes, well, I can let you out. Thank you. <laughs> so that was annoying the hell out of me. Meanwhile, my mother is, uh, I think it's time we got to take away her finances. She's a mess. People keep charging stuff on my card. You know, it's that kind of stuff. And it's not, I got to take over her expenses, which I've asked to do a hundred times. But, you know, she keeps paying off the balances, which is lovely. But, you know, we've told her just pay the minimum and don't worry about the interest because, this is the way the world works, you know? I would say she'd be dead soon, but she's definitely living another 20 years, which is why we have to be conservative. Oh, she's having a party for her 105-year-old friend tomorrow. Jesus Christ. We know she's living to be 105. We know it. She's the only person in the place not using a walker yet. We're in big trouble. This is going to cost a fortune another 20 years. And just the annoyance of Hit and her. Ugh. She's awful. Uh, it's so funny when my sister and I just get band, you know, band together and just be like, oh, she's so awful. <laughs> anyway, I was trying to just be like, all right, I guess I got the car. I'll make some plans. Nobody was around. Nobody wanted to hang out. So I asked my friend, um, I forgot about my friend, my friend from United Airlines, little Johnny. I say dinner. And he goes, yeah, let's do it. I'll call Don. So I got John and Don. Now these guys take care of my, uh, 
Amazon Fire Stick, as you know, so I like buying them dinner because they've, uh, you know, so I can watch all the, remember you guys asked me how do I watch the British, you know, stuff? Well, they, you know, got me this thing, and I guess they pay for it all the time, which I didn't realize. They're paying for it, so it's not even illegal. I'm just on the guy's list, so I love it because I still watch all those. I Sometimes when there's nothing, I'll just turn on that. That British channel, it's called Gold, and they just have all these old British sitcoms that I don't know, and I just like having it in the background. I can't understand a word they're saying, but it's just relaxing, let alone the commercials that I like, too. I mean, I love watching Friends and The Big Bang Theory with the, the that way because these commercials on TBS are horrible, especially the commercials on MeTV are all about insurance and medication. So the British ones are so much better, and they, they sound so nice, and they're very soothing. I've already told you all this. So they take. They tell me to take. Uh, like we're going to meet at Texas Roadhouse, and he's like, "I'll bring Don." And I'm like, "Damn it!" Because I want to pay for John because he always hooks me up with United Airlines, and I want to pay for Don. But I didn't know Don was coming. I'm like, "Whatever, I got to pay for them because they really hook me up. They always hook me up." Don cleans pools. This is as uh, American and Jersey as you can get, right? I'm going out with my friends who work for United Airlines, and the guy cleans pools in the summer. So, so he's a mess right now. You know, he's just getting it go now. This, this time of the year, he's a mess. From dawn to sunset. So he's got texts coming in all the time. <laughs> it's because he's cleaning pools. He's the butter maker of, uh, of, of Sarahville, New Jersey. So we go to Texas Roadhouse. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. I didn't, I swear, I ate nothing all day. I only had a cup of coffee. There was no time to eat anything. I ate nothing. I swear. I know sometimes I say that and I'm like, then I remember, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I had a couple of donuts, but I didn't. I ate nothing. So, I was ready to eat. And I went to this Texas Roadhouse, and we hadn't been there before. And it was fantastic. I loved it. You know, I like going to Outback, and I hated that Longhorn Steak Roadhouse. Anyway, here's what we had. You ready for this? Three of us, right? Uh, I, he, he had a, I, I had an iced tea. He had a sweet tea. And the other guy had a Blue Crush lemonade. Okay, we had two of those apiece. I had a shrimp appetizer. I'm looking at the bill. And a 16-ounce ribeye smothered with mushrooms and onion, which cost more. A baked potato loaded, which cost more. A house salad. Uh, John had a roadkill, which is a, a huge hamburger with a sweet potato, loaded. And then uh, Don had the double-grilled pork chop with a baked potato loaded. 90 bucks. Boom. 90 fucking bucks. Jersey rules. New York can suck it. Three people, three men, three big men. Well, John's thin, but me and Don are big men. Three men eating steaks and pork chops. 90 bucks. I was like, I, it'll be a pleasure to get this. Um, I think John left a tip. 90 bucks. Why am I living in New York City when two hamburgers and an appetizer cost $118? It might be time to move. 90 bucks. And that, and it was delicious. It was fantastic. The shrimp appetizer was good because the last place we went to, it was awful. But I liked the steak. And I got a picture. You can actually pick out your own steak from the, the case. Now, meanwhile, that fucked up my head last night. I had a really bad dream about killing a cow. So maybe that's not the way to go. I had a, a bad nightmare about it. So I guess, you know, don't do that, I guess, because then it gets too real. But the beef looked amazing in the case. 
and you can just pick out the beef like a lobster and have them cook it up. And it, it, it was fantastic. The meal was great. It was really good. And I wasn't even full afterwards. I felt good. I, I didn't have a stomach ache. I didn't have to go home. I didn't even have to go to the bathroom. Like I didn't even have to pee. And I had two Arnold Palmers. In fact, after that, I went to, because I didn't, it was such a beautiful night. I didn't want to go home. Everybody's always in a rush. You know, those guys, I got to go. I got I to gotta clean my pool. Hey, Butterfingers. <laughs> hey, Butterman. Hey, Buttercrud. So I went to this place called Five Below where you can get like, I was like, yeah, let me look in there because I got to pick up something for Rachel's baby. But then I felt bad getting something at Five Below, right? But I also need a prize for Monday night show if you can last a minute. So I'm like, well, maybe I can find something funny in this place. And I did. I found a couple things, but I'm just not sure. I wanted to give out a bigger prize. If you last, but I found a small version of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. And the weird part was, I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if I gave away something like a Rock'em Sock'em Robots? And then I found that. It was so weird. I'm like, my God, that was what was in my head for some reason. I have no idea why. I was thinking of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. That's a funny gift. And then I found a good small version of it. I also found a good small version of a Clueless game, which maybe I'll give to Amy Heckerling on her birthday. It's five below. It's fantastic. I bought some gum, too. <laughs> Everything's under five bucks. I also bought a watch. It didn't work. I had to throw it right out. I'm like, I'm going to go back in. And I'm like, I'm not going back in. I wanted to go back in, but I couldn't go back in. It was like a Grogu watch. And, you know, I'm looking for watches that just tell time. Meanwhile, the NFL schedule came out last night. So everybody was talking about it, like on the radio because a lot of stuff were leaking. You know, it's a big deal if you love football, especially with the Jets this year. It's a big deal, especially if you tailgate. When the schedule comes out, it's the most exciting thing. I mean, it's, oh, God, when I used to work at a regular job, it was my favorite thing to do when the schedule would come out. would come out in the morning. Usually now they make a big deal about it. It's kind of annoying. But there was leaks all day long, leaks all day long of who was playing who. They they leaked the Monday night schedule. I mean, they did that one on purpose, but then they leak a couple of games. So my favorite thing to do is I, I was like, nah, I don't want to listen to the station yet because I, I, I kind of like looking at it first. I mean, it's, it's so weird that it's a thrill. So when I got home, I looked at the first thing I did was I looked. I always look at the Jets schedule first, and boy, is it something else this year with Aaron Rodgers. I think they're on national TV like five or six times. Camp Thursday, Saturday, they got a special Friday night game that's completely new Black Friday game where Aaron Rodgers can't play because it's Black Friday. I'm kidding. Thank you so much, folks. And then I then I look at the Giants' schedule for tailgating purposes, which look pretty good because I can go on a Monday night for sure after work. And then I think there was a Sunday night game, so I can actually go after work. And it's early on, you know, so it's not um, cold. So maybe I can do that this year because now, you know, I work on Sunday, so it's hard to go to a regular tailgate. Plus, the Giants and Jets are, well, the Jets are spo- Giants are supposed to be good. The Giants are good anyway. The Jets are supposed to be good. So then, then it's no 1 o'clock games because that's my favorite. I like when they stink. Because then you stick to the one o'clock games, which I prefer going in the morning. But now they're all playing at like four o'clock. So I don't care. And then I look at the, the Monday night schedule and then the Sunday night schedule. I mean, this is my favorite thing to do. And it's so weird that I like it. But it's not just me. It's America. It's actually being a man, which, you know, is difficult because. And here's here's the best part. So I come home from uh, my parking garage and I come into the lobby and I'm talking to uh, Rashawn, uh, the door guy I like a lot. And we're talking. 
and this beautiful girl walks in. I mean, unbelievably stunning, dressed amazingly. And I go, hey, what'd you see? And she's like, well, oh, I saw Fat Ham. It's a production, a new production of Hamlet or something. And I, I was talking to her, and then I said, I'm seeing this and that. And uh, when she left, I go, uh, where does she live? She, he goes, she lives on the second floor. Her name is Luca. She, she lives upstairs from me. No, I'm doing the my, my the Suzanne Vega song. Thank you. So he goes, yeah, oh, Dave, you were so smooth. I can't believe it. I, I just can't talk to girls like that. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Smooth? I saw a playbill in her hand, laser focused on it. I'm like, oh, my God, what did you see? Oh, my God, we are going to see Leah Michelle next month. She goes, oh, I've seen it twice with the other girl. I'm like, you saw it with the other girl? Listen, sweetie. I'm like, what are you talking? How is that smooth? It's just gay. I saw the back of a playbill and recognized she went to the theater that day. It's just gay. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> he was laughing so hard because it was so funny that he was like, Dave, you're so smooth. And I'm like, dude. It was the opposite of smooth. <laughs> oh, my God. What is that? A playbill? <gasps> oh, my God. What did you see? Tell me everything. Oh, sweetie. But, boy, was she something else. She was gorgeous. I'd never seen her in the building. And if I had, I mean, she was all dressed up, so I probably wouldn't even recognize her if she was wearing stuff. Let alone, I love the fact that she dressed up for the theater. Nobody does that. That's why I was glad this girl, Tiffy, comes in all dressed up for dinner. Nobody does that anymore. I was going to do that at uh, for Oliver, you know, at least where I used to try and wear a jacket and go to the theater, but uh, I didn't feel like it that day. I remember I was high coming back from Coney Island. Eh, what are you going to do? Am I right? And I, you know what I always say? I set yourself out. set yourself What the furniture. Wait, take it to you. So strong. It's clear. Thank you, folks. You're going to be here all week. So anyway, I thought you would um, enjoy that contradiction. Then, then after that, I go upstairs. And I'm like, yeah, let me check out this football shit, man. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, that's going to be an awesome. And I'm sitting there going like, oh, that game's going to be unbelievable. I am a strange dude. I assume this is why I'm not married because, you know, I'm so gay and so straight. And there really is no in between. Or maybe I guess I am in between. What does that make me? Bisexual? <laughs> Folks, I'm here all week. Oh, boy. You are a strange one. Is it Valentine's Day yet? So today I go to the doctor and I said to Nick Griffin, I said, you want to have lunch today? And he goes, sure. I'm like, great. So we go to Sarge's. Remember Sarge's we had for Tell's birthday, right? Yeah, what do you get? A corned beef sandwich? You get a nice lean corned beef sandwich in there. So I'm looking, I'm like, geez, I don't know if I want a corn beer. I want a whole sandwich. I just wanted to go to a diner, have some eggs. But, eh, went in Rome. All right? All right? We haven't gotten to that Billy Joel song yet. And I really have no idea where, how it goes, which is awesome. So excited about that. So I'm like, you know what? Let me, I, sometimes I get the corned beef and chopped liver, which just makes everybody sick. But I, I was like, eh, it's too much for right now in the afternoon. It's hot. doesn't make any sense. So I got the corned beef platter. I'm like, what's the platter? Because I also want the potato salad. She goes, well, the corned beef platter is just corned beef potato salad. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I want. That'll be perfect. Well, they bring it out and it is, I guess it's all the corned beef they put in for a sandwich. But when I show you the picture, folks, on the bonus show, holy shit, it's a platter. I mean, it's like a platter made for like 10 people. And there's just a ball of potato salad in the middle. 
And yes, it was delicious. Probably better that I don't get it with the bread. It's quite salty. I finished half of it, and I took the other half home, which is something I normally never do. But I was like, no, I'm not going to eat all of this. This is insane. So that's why what I'm saying, I was trying to figure, I was like, we, Nick got coffee, but I didn't have time. I got the celery tonic, of course. And then we left. And I'm like, well, I want to get a cup of coffee for the podcast. But it's hot out, and Dunkin' Donuts coffee doesn't sound like it'll hit the spot. I don't want to get a culotta again, even though that is the perfect thing because, you know, I'm, like I said, I weighed myself in my mother's place, fatter than I've ever been. I looked at myself in the mirror coming off the elevator today, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is not good. And what I got, I got the culotta. What am I going to do? I'm like, I got to, it, 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 it's going to hit the boat because we didn't have dessert. It was all that salt stuff. Coffee's not going to be good enough. I need something sweet. I got to have something sweet. This this makes sense. Meanwhile, this culotta was not as delicious or as beautiful as that one I showed you. I don't know what I did wrong. Maybe I ordered wrong. Maybe the guy didn't know what he was doing. It's still pretty good, but it didn't have the whipped cream and everything, but I was also kind of glad about that too, and I also got the medium instead of the large. Maybe that was the difference. I don't know. It, it's still pretty good. It just wasn't the thing of beauty that it was last time, but I'm still angry that I got it. But I was like, I don't like iced coffee. That gives me a stomachache for some reason. I don't know why. And I just wasn't in the mood for coffee coffee. Like, I could have gotten a Starbucks one, but go figure, I couldn't find a Starbucks along the way. I couldn't find a Starbucks in New York City from where I came up with the idea on 3rd Avenue and 37th to 1st Avenue by the time I got to Dunkin' Donuts and 56th. I couldn't find a Starbucks. I'm like, well, I can have one of the ones I use, the vanilla latte. That'll probably be perfect. No Starbucks on the way. How could that be when there's Starbucks across the street from another Starbucks in every other town? Kind of funny, right? So the culotte is working, and it's delicious, and it's great. And what are you going to do? Am I right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, here's one last thing I want to tell you as we were talking about. We'll wrap up the podcast in a circle talking about death. When I met that girl, Nurita, I think that's her name. I don't know. Nurat, I don't know. She had just come from a funeral from a guy who's at, who used to, I guess, own or work at the place called Tea and Sympathy, which is a legendary, oh, I'm just going to say gay place in Manhattan. I think it is probably. I don't know. And she's showing me the, um, you know, when you get the piece of paper that says what the ceremony is going to, uh, you know, who's talking and what time and all that kind of stuff. I'm looking at the fucking thing. And it says Glenn Tilbrook. And I'm like, Glenn Tilbrook? Is that the guy from Squeeze? And she goes, I don't know. And I'm like, you don't know? I, yeah, different than Tilbrook. This, this is the guy from Squeeze. Why is he there? They're like, well, it's a British place. And I'm like. He apparently known that guy for years. I'm like, so this is the guy from Squeeze. And then I showed her a picture. Was this the guy singing? She goes, that wasn't the guy singing. I'm like, then I'm looking at what he sings. They put two songs. I can't remember the second one. But I'm like, some fantastic place. That's a Squeeze song. Because I said, maybe you got the same name because they spelled it wrong. That it's two ends. They spelled it with one end. Oh, maybe it's just the same. Well, it's kind of weird that a guy named Glenn Tilbrook would play the guitar and sing. And then he would sing a Squeeze song? This was the guy. What's the matter with you? That's unbelievable. And let me tell you, this song, oh my God, if I had gotten to see that, if I had gotten to see Glenn Tilbrook just play at a, at a, at a funeral, a small gathering, even though she said there were people outside, right down the street where I've been to a couple funerals, right on Bleecker Street, it's too small. 
seeing this guy, Glenn Tilbrook, who I worship, who I actually might do my next musical podcast, might be about Squeeze. Seeing this guy play in a small venue, do some fantastic place. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That would have been reason to just live in New York City the rest of my life. I'm telling you. This guy's got such a sweet voice. This song is so special. And it's about a friend of theirs that died that I think kind of built him and Tilt, you know, uh, the other guy, uh, what did I say? It's Glenn Tilbrook and uh, Difford, Chris, uh, Dilfers, whatever his name is. And she introduced them and kind of helped them. And then she died and they wrote this song in about 1993. They incorporated this uh, instrumental part that they came up with in 1973 in this 1993 thing as also a, like a tribute which was also based on a Jimi Hendrix riff or something it's a really cool song and yeah this is it so yeah look, listen to this this, is this guy's voice is so terrific Imagine you hearing this live. This would have been unbelievable. Just the acoustic alone. Oh my god. I hate this woman for not knowing this. You know, as soon as I saw his name, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? For real? I gotta find out more information about that. Let alone that he was in New York City, been trying to see these guys in concert every time they come. They don't do a lot of U.S. stuff. I might send this song over to Sarah because Squeeze is a big. How we met, me and Sarah, like kind of bonded over Squeeze. So maybe I'll send her the song. Maybe it's too sad. I can't decide. But whatever the case may be, uh, unfortunately, the bookends of this podcast are weird. But this is life. This is Just Gal in the city. There's good times. There's bad times. There's unbelievable heights of great times and unbelievable crashes. And that is life in general. And certainly life for a nitwit like me, Dave Just Gal, who hosts this amazing podcast called Just Out in the City. That's it for this week, everybody. Don't forget, Billy Joel, <laughs> big guest, my niece. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm really going places. Uh, we got the Tuesday show tonight. Uh, we'll see who's going to be on, but I'm sure it'll be fun in studio. I'll see you next time on another exciting episode of Just Gal in the City. Have a great week, everybody. So simple, had humility, a beauty She lives another life in some fantastic place. She showed me how to raise a smile out of a bed of bloom. And in her garden sanctuary, a life began to bloom. She visualized the world ahead and planned how it would be. time.
to live. 